I really want to be able to teach people this mindset that, you know, just because it's money doesn't mean it's like good money. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the First Hustle Then Brunch podcast. Today, I'm sitting down with Naomi Janota to talk about how she went from being a structural engineer, climbing the corporate ladder, to a six-figure content creator. She's also an online educator and talent manager at Boost Society, which helps influencers master the art of brand collaborations and negotiation. Influencer marketing is projected to grow into a $605 billion industry by 2027, which is insane. That's because brands know that influencers are the best way to connect with their ideal customers and they're willing to invest in their content. Naomi has helped her clients secure up to $1 million in brand partnerships in the last two years and has helped her students land 10 to 20K months in brand partnerships and even leave their corporate jobs. So if you're an aspiring content creator or influencer, this episode will inspire you not to give up on your dreams of turning it into a legit business. Naomi, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you here. I know everyone is, I guess, feeling a lot of different ways about Instagram right now and social media in general. (laughs) Like, is Instagram dying? Is this where you should be? Should we be on TikTok and Instagram and all the platforms, you know? Right. I know. But I I don't know. I I have a Instagram will always have a special place in my heart. (laughs) And I think if you know how to use Instagram, then, you know, you can make it work for you. Yeah. But obviously, like for growth, like for me, at least it's not it's not a platform for me to grow. So um, I think for me, it's like more more of a nurturing platform for me. But I mean, it it goes for different people right so I had like there are creators that use it for growth and they have like better I don't know like results with it than other people but for me it's more of a nurturing platform that's where I build relationships with my followers and people that you know kind of cross over from TikTok and stuff like that so Mm -hmm. okay wait let's start at the beginning tell us how you initially got started as an influencer and kind of what inspired you to pursue this path Okay. Well, I mean, I, so I started back in 2012. So that was a long time ago. (laughs) And I actually like got into it by accident. So I was just, you know, into beauty. And that's kind of like how I got into the influencer space was through beauty. That was Mm. like my first niche, so to speak. And I like back in college, I got into theater and in theater, they were like, you have to put on a full face of makeup and like do really bright makeup that can stand out with the lights and stuff like that. And so I pretty much had to learn because I never really, you know, use makeup in, in high school. Mm-hmm. My parents never let me. Yeah, and so <laughs> it kind of opened this. Yeah, it kind of opened a door of like all the all these pretty like makeup and skincare and all that stuff. And it was kind of like me going into like Barbie land almost. And so mm-hmm. when I started kind of making consistent, consistent income, I got my first like full-time job. I would just go to the mall and just like buy like 
you know, things at Mac, like limited edition collections. Like they had like the Disney collection and like the Barbie collection. I would just like, coll- I would, I would be like a makeup collector basically. <laughs> and back then, you know, Instagram was, you know, kind of like, you know, you just like share pictures with your friends and stuff like that. And so I would just like take pictures of my haul and, Um, I would use hashtags kind of like, you know, hashtag Mac, hashtag like blush or whatever. And I didn't know that there was like this whole community of people. Yeah. And I was like, how do these people have like 50,000 followers? (laughs) And how are like these random people finding me? And so I kind of just like built that momentum. And then I started also like Um, sharing like reviews and like my thoughts on like different makeup products, skincare products, because I used to have really oily skin and that kind of built that momentum to be like, okay, we want you to have a YouTube because we, we love, like we love the content that you're putting out. And then that's kind of like how it started. I made a bet with my cousin actually. And she (laughs) was like, if you hit 10,000 followers on Instagram before this date, I will like, personally like film a video for you edit it and then we'll put it on youtube and then that's kind of like (laughs) the start of everything yeah Yeah. (laughs) i mean i i wasn't like i didn't want to win that bet honestly just because i'm like i'm pretty shy in a sense where like i didn't want to i i don't know i video is a little different than like you know taking a photo Mm -hmm. because that you can curate yeah but like on, on video like you have to kind of like put on a face, like you have to put on a show kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I remember like the first, like maybe a few months people did not like how monotone I was. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like, okay. I, I listen to my own self on like even my podcasts or videos I'm recording. And I feel like I sound monotone, but I think that's just how we normally speak. (laughs) Right. You have to kind of train yourself to overemphasize when you start doing yeah, and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, like, I remember like seeing my videos, like I kind of like looked back at some of my videos and I was like, Oh my God, who is she? Like, I, I can't even stand her like peppiness on this video. <laughs> and so, I mean, you know, you kind of just like grow out of it. And mm-hmm. at the time, like I was kind of like, you know, in my people, people pleaser phase and then now I'm just like you know if you don't like it then leave (laughs) yeah exactly so (laughs) yeah so that's kind of how it started and then you know um pivoting so many times yeah fast forward to where we are now Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah I was gonna say how did you kind of transition your content from beauty to what you do now did you create a completely new account or did you just slowly transition? No, um, it, this has been my account from the very beginning. So oh, nice. um, Naomi's is actually my nickname that my aunts and my uncles kind of called me. And so like, you know, before Naomi's became Naomi's, it was kind of like an inside thing. Like yeah. that was what everyone called me. <laughs> um, and I actually like took a break. So like I was juggling um, content creation and I wasn't really making much. Like I was barely making like four figures from content creation. So basically I had to make a decision. So I was juggling content creation um, grad school and I got a full-time job. So I got my, my, a full-time job at, um, an engineering firm and 
like juggling like the two it was like I was about to grow I was like maybe like six months into graduating and so it had like I had to do my dissertation and like research and all that stuff and so I attempted to be consistent as much as possible but it just wasn't in the books for me so I was like you know I have to give this up and so I kind of took a break and it was more um of like a personal account after like I decided made that decision to take a break but there were still people that were following me and there's actually still people that follow me from the very beginning um and I had an epiphany after like a few years of being at my job like I so I you know I I was like doing all the steps right you get you get a master's degree, you get a promotion, you do really well at your job, you start training people, you start leading projects and things like that. And I wasn't fulfilled. Like it was like everything that I thought I wanted. I was like, you know, cause I was an engineer and I, it was everything that I thought I wanted. I wanted to work for Disney. I got to work with Disney. Um, I like, I wanted to be able to lead a team. I was able to do that. But I was exhausted and I was able to take like a two week vacation with my parents and my sister and my brother-in-law and we went to the Philippines for two weeks. And I was just like, man, like first week it was awesome because I hadn't been home in like, I don't know, 12, like I don't even know how many years, but it was over a decade. Oh, wow. And the second week I was stressed out. I was Mm -hmm. like, what? Like I was stressed out about going to work, all the the stuff that's piling up and like, what am I going to come back to all that stuff? And I was like, I hate this feeling. And also like, I didn't feel fulfilled. Like they gave me a raise, they gave me a promotion. But if you really look at it from a, like a bigger picture perspective, it's really not that much. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, (laughs) I need to figure out what I need to do. I need an exit strategy. And I was desperate to kind of like figure out what that was. And I mean, top of mind, like the only thing that I knew how to do immediately was being like being an influencer. And I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, let's try to figure out like how we're going to be doing influencing again, but this time with a game plan. Because the first time it was just like, you know, a hobby, obviously. But the second time I had a different kind of mindset around it it's like you know I wanted to replace my income and Mm -hmm. I knew how like how that the how much it was because I was making six figures right so I was like it's gonna require a different um me that that needs to show up and I think that yeah and I think that's where a lot of people like don't understand like the kind of urgency that I had and -hmm. some people kind of just like lollygag and just like oh yeah it's it's a hobby so you know I'll I'll get there when I when I get there for me I was like no like it's either yeah do it or bust like Mm -hmm. you know um so and also like with beauty like I kind of outgrew it a little bit in a sense where I wanted to share a little bit more about myself Mm. Um, like all the things that I really loved and like all the things that I've, um, learned over the years, like I got out of, a like a really toxic long relationship. And so with that, there was a lot of like transformation yeah. thing, transformational things that were happening in my life. And so I, I wanted to be able to share that. And I was like, and my goal was always to like create impact on another person's life. Didn't really know what that meant and to me it didn't really matter what it was as long as that like that purpose was met 
And so um, for me, it was just like a lot of like, you know, lifestyle and like teaching people how like I juggle both content creation and also my full time job and like Mm -hmm. having this really like big leadership role at work and like still having, you know, like being able to it was like basically like how I balance my life and still have fun, like still have be able to work out, still eat properly, mm-hmm. like Which is still super have fun relatable. with my friends. Yeah. Right. And so that's kind of how I came back into the space. And that was what I was teaching. And then I think it was like right before the pandemic hit, um, I was really frustrated with this one creator um, for being a sellout. And it was just like, um, I was, and I mean, like, I wasn't like, obviously like she only knows what she knows, but like at the same token, like I had been in the space for so long and Mm -hmm. like, it was just kind of disappointing to see that, you know. Yeah. um, Wait, can you explain the scenario? Oh, so, um, basically I, um, was already hitting, um, you know, consistent, you know, income and brand deals. Right. And, um, I, I'm always collaborative. I love helping my friends Mm -hmm. and I love like, you know, showing them, Oh, this is what's worked for me. And, you know, just because I was like, you know, it's a win-win, like you, 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 we get to celebrate together. Like you get a brand deal. I get a brand deal. Awesome. Like, yeah. And so I would just like show people like what was working for me. And, um, I was just really disappointed to see, um, create like it. This one particular creator like promoting one product, and then their direct competitor the next. Oh, and yeah. so for me, it was. I mean, it like you know, it it makes sense if you're, for example, if it's like you're like a beauty blogger and you have to review like a, a lot, lot of different, different types of similar. like yeah. be like if it's like a lipstick like yeah it makes sense for you to promote right. one lipstick and then the next lipstick it yeah. from, is from a different brand mm-hmm. but it was just like it was too similar to me and so that got me kind of fired up in a sense where like i like i i really want to be able to teach people this mindset that you know just because it's money doesn't mean it's like good money Mm-hmm. And so, and there, there's a principle there because like, you know, if I were the, the follower and I was looking at this person they're like, oh, they're endorsing this product. And then the next day you're endorsing their direct competitor. Like, yeah. How is that? Like, how is that credible? Like how yeah, I would can I trust, trust your word? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How can I trust your word? And so, and this is why a lot of, you know, people really kind of, um, bat like have a negative connotation around influencers and that's just because they they value the money or mm-hmm. whatever yeah the the, the dollar amount more yeah. than their credibility and mm-hmm. so i made this post it was just kind of like a rant and a lot of people like loved it so much and asked so many questions and that was kind of the birth of it all and at the time I didn't even want to be a coach I didn't want to teach people how mm-hmm. to make money on like brand deals and stuff like that <laughs> I, I I know a lot of creators who had courses and programs and things like that and I've seen the horror stories and that was something that I didn't really want to dive into also like I didn't know what kind of credibility I had but it was just a rant but a lot of people really enjoyed that content. And I was like, okay, 
They love the drama. Yeah, they, they wanted love the, the drama. <laughs> and so I that's kind of like how, what birthed it all. And then I decided to work with a coach and she was like, you know, you're actually good at this. Like you engage so much, like you help so many creators for free, like just because you, they're your friends, like you can actually monetize this. True, you'd been doing and it for so, a while. Yeah. And yeah, that's kind of, you know, the story. <laughs> <laughs> fast forward to today (laughs) I love that yeah you use your own experience to help other people and then it kind of just happened Mm -hmm. naturally you know right yeah that's awesome so I know when we started the recording you were mentioning that you know there's nurture platforms grow platforms can you explain the difference between those two and what you're using Instagram for now Um, yeah. So, I mean, like I definitely had, you know, a growth phase on Instagram and, um, it really depends on the, the creator and like who they're trying to attract. Um, but for me, I really find, um, a lot of success and visibility with TikTok a lot more, um, Mm -hmm. as opposed to, um, Instagram, I felt like it was pulling teeth for me, like on Instagram, it would yeah. be like, I think it would be up and down. Like yeah. yeah. It was like up and down. Like I remember I would have like a growth spurt, growth spurt on Instagram and it would be like a thousand followers a week and it was great. And then all of a sudden dip and it was like, not like a dip where it's a little dip. It was like like literally negatives. Yeah. Yeah, It was very (laughs) significant. And so I, you know, for me, like I really use, I mean, obviously like I still post on, um, like consistently on Instagram, but the intent for that now is to nurture is to really like build those relationships and like get people that, you know, let's say fault, like found me on Instagram or like maybe someone who's, um, followed me on TikTok and then cross over to Instagram to really get to know who I am and really get to know like what my values are, like why, like why I do what I do. Um, because on TikTok it's like they see a video, but they don't really see the big picture. Like very rarely you see people kind of binge content and get to know who you are mm-hmm. as opposed yeah. to like Instagram to where they see kind of like a back, like the, the, the curtains kind of pulled out, like pulled out, like on stories, like they get to see what I do outside of, you know, like being a coach or like right. being a manager and all of that stuff. Like they get to see like, you know, who's in my circle. Like, you know, they see my dog or like they see my, my routine of like, you know, going on walks to the dog park or like, um, sometimes like, you know, they get to also, I, I also have this like close friends stories with, oh, yeah. you know, my, mm-hmm. with some of my followers and they, they ask to get like, they ask for access to that. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, occasionally I'll ask my followers if they want it and they get to see kind of like, you know, what else is there underneath. <laughs> and so like, I would yeah. talk about like things like dating or like, you know, just, you know, and, and it's kind of like an inside thing and they love it because mm-hmm. it's kind of like, oh, now, like, I don't just see you as someone that I trust and someone that I look up to, but as a friend. And so like, and it kind of deepens that relationship and it, it increases the way that I, like, I communicate that with brands or I communicate that with, um, with my team to kind of, so they know, like, um, what that relationship looks like. And it's, a, it's, they have this invitation, like invitation and permission to reach out to me whenever. 
And that is the relationship that I love about like my Instagram, like the people that follow me on Instagram is like, Mm -hmm. they know, like, you know, my teaching style, they, they're not thrown off by it. Like, let's say if I'm being blunt on TikTok, that can come off as rude or that can come off as like offensive or triggering. Mm -hmm. But like on Instagram, everyone understands why I'm that way. They understand the reason behind it. And when I have those conversations, they're like, oh yeah, like I, I totally understand like why that is. Yeah, there's, and, there's the opportunity to give more context when they like mm-hmm, really get to know Right, you. yeah. And yeah. context for me is very important. So <laughs> <laughs> at least with like TikTok, like there's so much limitation to provide context. Like, you know, obviously like you can do, you know, a, a longer form video, but you still can't yeah, give so them different. the full the full context. And then yeah. even on the in the comments, like character count is like very limited Mm -hmm. and then for for a long time like captions were also limited um and even even on tiktok nobody reads captions so like you know it's not like you can just just scroll write a whole paragraph yeah exactly (laughs) so yeah so yeah like that's i mean obviously every it's different for everybody but you know you just leverage it for what like what may what works for you and so for me like you know Instagram was the discovery platform for a while and mm-hmm. it can be both for people but for me it was more like to me now it's more of a nurture platform okay so then for someone that's starting out brand new right now that wants to start as an influencer what would you recommend they do create an account like on um, TikTok and on Instagram focus on one or the other or try to grow both at the same time I definitely see the um, the value in being on every platform. And I mean, like, and I don't say that in a sense where, like, I want you to, like, you know, post consistently on all platforms. But, like, um, I know brands especially, like, love seeing, you know, you being versatile and or, like, have a presence on or a social footprint on, like, yeah. um, all the, like, the biggest platforms that they, you know, hire And so um, I think that's important. But like, I think if you were starting today, I would pick one platform first, but also have like, you know, have an account, like, for example, like just like secure the account um, for your username for all the platforms and get consistent with one. And then once you get really good at it to where it's kind of like brushing your teeth or like, you know, you can record a video while you you have your eyes closed, like then you can add on another platform. Um, and, and then also like, it's not really like a bad idea to repurpose as well. And, oh, yeah. and that, and I think like if you're in the beginning stages, you get to really have fun and like experiment on what works and what doesn't, as opposed mm-hmm. to like, you know, if you were, let's say you grew a following, you have 10,000 followers on Instagram and then you decide to like incorporate TikTok and then it's a completely different platform and you're getting used to it. Right. Um, I think it's like a good way for you to experiment. So. Okay. Yeah. That's really good advice. So in your experience, what are some of the key elements that make an influencer stand out and attract a loyal audience? Um, I feel like, for me, being yourself is really key. Like I think a lot of, 
um, creators when they jump into this space, they want to like emulate everybody. And like, I mean, yes, you're trying to kind of figure out what your flavor is and you, you're trying to figure out what, um, like what attracts an audience and things like that. And you test things and, um, do trial and error and all that stuff. But I think like, what is like something that's really vital that can carry you from, from the very beginning to like having a long-term career is like you actually being authentic and you being yourself. And I think, um, that like, cause you know, for example, if you like did the exact same content as let's say like Alex Earl or something like that, um, and then all of a sudden, like, and that's not really you. And then all of a sudden you start to kind of like drift away from like whatever Alex Earl's doing and doing yourself. Like people are going right. to be confused. And yeah. so, um, another thing too, and I, I know this is kind of like a huge debate on social media is like, um, figuring out how to talk to one person as opposed to talking to everyone. And this is the, um, quote unquote, niching down. Yeah, about <laughs> niching down. <laughs> um, so, I mean, like, I know it's kind of a, you know, obviously it's a controversial topic. Yeah, I feel like people and... have gone back and forth about this over the years. It was like, yeah. okay, yeah, we're definitely niching down. And then now it's like, well, you may not have to. And people are getting on board with that. I mean, yes. So. Like, you yeah. know, I definitely believe there needs to be a balance between both. Um, but if you're starting out, like you need to get good at one thing. And it's, it doesn't mean that you're going to get boxed in for that because people mm-hmm. are eventually going to evolve. Like your, your job after that is to evolve that relationship to where now they're like, oh, but I want to know more about you. Like right. outside of, you know, like the, the main content. Cause you know that like when you get good at one topic or like talking to one person, then it, it opens doors for you to, for them to have like more, um, curiosity to what is your life look like? Yeah. And mm-hmm. now they, they, they don't just follow you for what you know, but they follow you for you. And I think there's like real, real power to like, um, talking to one person as opposed to everyone is because you know who you want to attract. Cause like for like, cause a lot of people kind of like create content to like go viral, but, mm-hmm. um, that virality can be good and it can also be bad. Because yeah. like, you know, you can go viral, but like, what did you go, what did you go viral for? Like, for example, you went viral and you hit, you grew like a hundred thousand followers. You don't even know who those hundred thousand followers are. Are they actually the right audience? Right. And that can translate yeah. so well with brand partnerships. And then if you expand your, your products to, you know, you now offering, Mm -hmm. um, services and like products to your followers. Like you have to know exactly who that person is. So you know how to talk to them, you know, what, you know, what makes them want to watch. They, you know how to build trust with them and you know how to sell to them either with brands or your own stuff. Yeah. It makes a huge difference in whether or not they're going to be engaged because if you attract, like you said, a hundred thousand people based on one video, let's say it's about dogs or something like Uh you showed your dog, but you create content about <laughs> makeup. I don't know. <laughs> it yeah, something completely right. different. And now you have all these dog people that are like, okay, we want to see more of your dog. But you're like, um, that's not what I do actually. Like, you know. Right. It, and it, it's, it, it, it can get confusing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, 
one of the like one of the things and I study a lot of like creators who have kind of like gone from you know when they first started to where they are now and I study like what makes them unique and what made their career so long and that was it started from them getting good at that one thing first because that evolves like obviously like yeah like you can start like you you don't have to box yourself in Mm -hmm. um there's kind of you know obviously there's like a a way to, to introduce like other types of content. Yeah. Um, and that's the natural evolution of your brand is like, mm-hmm. people are going to want to know things about you eventually. Mm-hmm. And, but that comes with trust first. Yeah. So. Yeah. Along those lines, what are your tips for creating valuable and entertaining and helpful content consistently? Yeah, so I think for me, having conversation with your followers, and I think, you know, and that's why, like, I love, that's what I love um, Instagram for. I always do market research. I always, like, tell them, oh, what made you like this? What made you, um, what made you follow me? Like, what was Mm -hmm. the thing that, you know, made you hit that follow button? Like, what is it that you, like, have questions about? And so I think, like, that um, really helps to build momentum because now it's, like, you know what people are asking and you know, uh, you, you, you know, like where their thought process is. And so I think market research is really important. And then also another thing too is, um, repurposing content, um, as far as like consistency, right? So like consistency, Mm -hmm. um, can mean different things for people. And I, it doesn't necessarily have to mean frequency, but it's like the quality of how you show up. It's like not like, and that is I like, like that you, know, you say that, that it doesn't necessarily mean frequency. Cause I think a lot of people think when you say consistency, that means, okay, I need to post every single three day, times three times a day. day. <laughs> yep. We all know it. Yeah. No, no, it's not. So like, you know, if your capacity is like to show up, you know, three times a week, get good at showing up three times a week. And you know, now you have three chances. How can I make that the best, um, the like the best quality content that I can show up with and then once you get like once you get good at that then you know let's try one more Mm -hmm. let's try one more until you get to that point to where like you if you wanted to post three times a day then you can post three times a day (laughs) but I think like repurposing content is so it it's so useful um for me like it's it's so funny like I would tell the same story over and over and I would have people like kind of it would hit them after like four times that I've sent like I've posted (laughs) literally the same content and I'm just like where were you yeah but like also like paying attention to like the fact that you're the person that's consuming your content 100% of the time and people that are consuming probably watch like hundreds of videos a day Mm -hmm. and so sometimes it doesn't really like the message doesn't come across and so you have to try different ways to like get the message across and so sometimes you have to repeat yourself a little bit Mm -hmm. and I think that helps with the consistency too because now it's like oh like now I'm working smart because I'm literally saying the same thing over and over just different (laughs) ways yeah I've actually noticed some creators doing that, like literally repeating the exact same story, just save it. And I don't know why I never thought about doing that. I've thought about like using the same maybe copy and putting it Mm -hmm. on a different thing, like different image or something like that for the story. (laughs) 
but not using the exact same. And now I'm like, oh yeah, I need to start saving these into a separate folder on my phone so I can just right. upload the exact same story, you know, yeah, every week I or remember- something like that. Yeah, I I always like repurpose things. I repurpose like captions and like email newsletter stuff. And then sometimes like I'll use that as a script to record a video and I'll just kind of like tweak things a little bit. I remember I sent literally the exact same email um, four times and I only changed one thing and it was the... (laughs) It was one sentence in the newsletter and then also the subject line. Mm. And so now, like, I remember one of my students, like, reached out to me because it was a story about her. And I told her, I was like, honestly, like, you've seen this email before. The only (laughs) thing that I changed was that, the subject line. Yeah. And it was just crazy how, like, that can really make a difference on, Mm -hmm. like, impact, on, like, how that impacts people. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, like, you know, it's all like it you get to try again and that's Mm -hmm. kind of the beauty of it is like you know it for example you posted a a piece of content you don't have to come up with something completely new you can read you can try again and make the the old ones better yeah so do you have like a database of all the copy that you use or how do you keep track of all this stuff uh yes i do (laughs) i use ClickUp. um i have i also have everything on my google drive Um, so it's not as organized as I would like it to be, but, um, like as far as content calendar stuff, I have everything kind of stored on ClickUp. So like when you Mm -hmm. see, um, like a task of like what I posted that day, like it has like where, where it's living, um, on Google drive, like what the link is to the actual like post, things like that, just so that, you know, I can refer back to stuff. I also Mm -hmm. have kind of like a brain dump folder of just kind of like, let's say if there was like follow-up questions from comments and things like that, I dumped mm-hmm. them all in there. Um, oh, that's as kind of like a bank. Yeah. yeah. I use ClickUp too. I love it. I, mm-hmm. I love it. I love staying organized. And so <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, it was, it's definitely like a learning curve when I first started using it, but as we are, we are like ClickUp like stands yeah because once you have a specific process that you use for all of your content like my podcast Mm. they follow an exact same flow you know of what what I do at each step so I love Mm -hmm. just duplicating that each task you know so easy yeah yeah I love it (laughs) well let's switch gears a little bit and talk about working with brands so how will a creator know when it's time to start getting paid and kind of doing those collaborations um there's literally like maybe three different things that um I kind of gauge on whether or not they're ready. So the first one obviously is consistency. So like, you know, when you kind of want to put yourself in the brand shoes when they're looking, they're evaluating a creator. So um when you're when they're evaluating you and you're a creator, um do you have that level of consistency. So like, does that mean you post every day or like, you know, you show up every day, not post every day, but like you show up every day as opposed to like, if you, if I were to go on your Instagram and then the last post was like last week and then the Mm -hmm. post before that was two weeks ago. And then the post before that was a month ago. Like there needs to be consistency because they want to know that you're active. They want to know that you are showing up for your audience and, Um, Another thing too that I think is really important is um, 
community. And I think, you know, that's really important because especially if you're trying to work with brands in a way where you're promoting, um, their brand or you're promoting a product, like you need to know what that relationship is between you and your followers and how that benefits the brand. Because Mm -hmm. if you don't know what that is, then you're, you're literally like endorsing and advertising to you don't even know who you're advertising. <laughs> right. To. So you need to know who that is. And that is kind of your leverage because when you talk to brands, you're like, Hey, like, I think this is a great collaboration opportunity because my followers like this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. But if you don't know what they even like or like what their buying patterns are, like what, like what they respond to, what they consume, what is it that, you know, makes them want to buy, you don't understand those things, you don't understand their patterns, then, you know, it's not going to be very valuable to a brand. Mm-hmm. So another thing too that I really think is important is your portfolio. So that's kind of like your work and you actually like honing in your skill set in creating content and figuring out like and really being able to communicate your unique factor, like what makes unique, because, you know, there's a surplus, there's like a big saturation of creators in this industry. (laughs) Yeah. Everyone's an influencer. Everyone's a creator, but Mm -hmm. what makes you unique? Like what makes you stand out? And that is like something that only you can answer, like only the creator can answer. Mm -hmm. Because like, for example, if I like, Oh, if I hire someone to do a get ready with me video, I can literally, you know, hire 10 creators that will do the exact same thing. But what will make them unique? Like what will make them stand out? What is the the unique factor that's going to make my target consumer actually watch this video? And so you need to kind of figure that out. Like what is it that makes you unique? Is it like you're able to sell? Like, you know, like for example, like you're able to convert right away, like with one product that like you built a cult following that everyone mm-hmm. just buys and everyone just kind of like yeah, mi- like wants to copy you and just yeah. like buy everything that you want. Um, is it like your editing style? Is it like, you know, um, your, um, your expertise? Like, is it like your credibility? Like, for example, if you were going to talk about a skincare product, like, your credibility could be like you're a dermatologist or, you know, you've actually worked in the, you know, um, with, with a chemist or something like that to where like Mm -hmm. you, you can actually speak from like from value. Right. And from like an expert, like an expert's opinion. And so Mm -hmm. like, those are things that you have to kind of figure out for yourself and you don't have to like, actually it doesn't have to even start at like whatever followers, like you can have, less than a thousand followers and be have all those things Mm -hmm. yeah I think that's encouraging for people for whatever reason oh I guess this is probably back when Instagram only let you have links over 10,000 followers you know I feel like people (laughs) have to reach like a certain follower Mm -hmm. count before I can start making money which yeah right no which is so false yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so where should they find these first you know collaborations do you recommend platforms do you recommend like reaching out to brands directly what would you say yeah 
So, um, I mean, it's a mixture of everything, honestly. So I think for me, like what gave me the success, like being a micro-influencer, um, I mean, I'm still a micro-influencer. I've been a micro-influencer like forever. But I think for me is like really looking at every nook and cranny of opportunity. And I think a lot of people kind of like want to wait, like they're like, oh, like I am just going to wait until opportunities fall on my lap but it's just like but how desperate are you to get those brand deals and so it's kind of like what is that urgency and so I think for me like I looked at everything and so I um, introduced like I networked in person I would go to events I would network in person I would look up every person that's gonna like all the brands that are gonna be oh, wow. there like yeah. all the people that you know are gonna be the players like if there's going to be PR agencies, I looked up the person that was going to show up and I made sure that I connected with those people. Mm-hmm. I also, um, introduced myself to brands. And so that comes with pitching. And I think a lot of people like don't like kind of look at pitching differently to where like, Oh, I'm going to pitch them to land a collaboration. Like I actually pitch, um, and I teach my students this, I teach them to pitch, to build the relationship. And that's like, you know, um, it's kind of like, you know, market research for you to be like, I want to know what, like how, like how they work with creators or like, um, what, um, what are the things that, what are the specific things that they look for, for like creators that they pay? And like, what is their, like their business model look like? Is it like, um, they do, um, campaigns, they do press trips. Like, what is that? Like, what does their model look like when they're working with influencers and creators? And those are mm-hmm. like really valuable things because now you get to incorporate that into your strategy. And then another thing too, is obviously looking at the low hanging fruit and that's like influencer platforms. And that's where, you know, brands are looking actively looking for creators and they're actively hiring for creators. And so, um, I think that's like the best place to start if you were, um, a smaller creator, because you see like, you know, who's actually hiring and you get to like either apply there or actually connect them, connect with a brand directly. And then the last thing too is building relationships with brands like on social media, like following them, interacting with them, being friends with Mm -hmm. them in the DMs. Like those are things that, you know, you might think are like just small things, but they make a huge impact. And yeah. Yeah. I love that brands are becoming more active on social media these days. Mm -hmm. It's like they really are developing a personality within the yeah the brand on yeah media. i know i love that too yeah. like duolingo is just like <laughs> i was about to say <laughs> <Pulling it. laughs> yeah 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 so funny also like the t- the twitter like the twitter um responses remember i don't know if you were like in the whole love is blind thing yeah um, so I was, oh yeah so when like it was yeah so like remember like yeah. the live mm-hmm. um they lagged they I don't know was it, it like up. two yeah. hours mm-hmm. um and like everyone was on Twitter I think Blockbuster like <laughs> got on Twitter and um made a really snarky comment it was just like really funny yeah um, I think I saw that it was like yeah, mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> they wouldn't be really having funny. this issue probably if it was then something along yeah, those yeah, lines yeah, yeah. so yeah. funny <laughs> so where can people learn how to price themselves and you know figure out how much they should be getting paid for different collaborations and paid campaigns 
Yeah, there's, I mean, there's a lot of factors and I wish I could like teach people this in like five minutes or like in a three minute video, but there's so many nuances and that's why I don't think like, um, you should have kind of like a set rate for everything. Um, because there's so many things that you can add on and there's so many factors like, you know, for example, like how many hours it's going to produce. Like, for example, if I hired, um, a creator that has the same, you know, two different creators, two different followers, um, or two different niches. Let's say it's like a, a, a makeup, like a beauty blogger and then someone who's like a travel blogger or travel creator. And they're to promote, like, let's say like a makeup product. Mm -hmm. So the makeup creator could do a full tutorial on this makeup product. And then the travel creator could produce something like oh like uh, pack pack my bag with me or something like that yeah and so the production is completely different to where it can it does like it probably won't be the exact same like price if you if you're if Mm -hmm. you get my drift here so like for example Mm -hmm. if it's like a makeup uh, creator they could produce the f- the makeup from start to finish and then they would have to t- uh, set up the lighting make sure that the the camera's in focus all that stuff and that mm-hmm. could take hours and then this t- other travel creator like either they travel somewhere to get it done or they just film it like really quick right. at their house like yeah. that like the production time is completely different mm-hmm. and so um you have to consider a lot of those factors like you have to consider like how long you've been in the space what is your expertise mm-hmm. um like for example like the difference between someone who's just a makeup lover and then someone who's a dermatologist like how do you price yeah. those those are two different um things it's like you um comparing a med student to a doctor or like a surgeon with recognition Mm -hmm. and then also like um your skill set like what is you know what is your level of skill set do you have like high quality content as opposed to someone who's just like um pressing record and just filming random clips or just doing a trend or something like that where it Mm -hmm. takes like five seconds and then another thing too is like, you know, what is the time, like how many hours does it ha- t- like get you to produce content? What are some campaign expenses? Like what's covered by the brand? Like, for example, if you're traveling, like do, are they going to cover your flight? Are they going to cover mm-hmm. if that, if those aren't covered, are you incorporating that into the cost? And then, um, obviously there's other things too, like usage and exclusivity and timeline and like, um, all those things that are kind of written into the contract. Um, and those are obviously things that I teach my creators every day in my programs. And Mm -hmm. that was one of the reasons why I actually created it in the first place is because I knew there was a lack of education on, um, the business side of being an influencer. Like I've seen, I've, I've invested in so many courses and yeah, they all, same. all of them like talk about growth and content and cre- like, you know, creating content, like growing your followers, engaging with your community, all that stuff. And it's great, but there's so much like lack It is like the business part is kind of lackluster in a sense where like, a lot of the stuff that I went through transitioning from it being a side hustle to like it being a full-time job that a course didn't teach me. And so I was like, I feel like 
creators need to know this. Yeah. Like creators need to know how to like read a contract without a lawyer. Like creators need to know how to invoice and Mm -hmm. make sure that like, what are the things that you, you don't even know? Like, for example, if, if a brand like um, pays through PayPal, Mm. how do you make sure that they pay the fees and you don't like accrue the fees or like pay for the fees when there's a transfer. Like Mm -hmm. those are things that you have to think about, but nobody talks about that stuff. Right. Until you actually experience it. Cause you don't know. Yeah. I was going to say people don't don't know know what they don't know. So (laughs) yeah. Yeah. And so like, you know, when they're like, Oh, Stripe, like, no, like we're not doing Stripe. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? So, um, just, you know, just kind of being proactive, like it's basically kind of like risk management of like, this is what you need to expect. So like, you know, when this happens, this is the solution or like Mm -hmm. make sure that you ask these questions and stuff like that. And so, um, yeah. And I've, it's kind of like a love letter to myself of like, you know, make sure you don't make this mistake again, Naomi. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. We're like running out of time and there's so many more questions I could ask you. I know you have a free training that people can go to to kind of learn mm-hmm. a little bit more from you. Do you want to tell everyone about that? Yeah. So I do have a free workshop. It's um, kind of like, you know, um, a, kind of a blueprint on your way from like gifted partnerships to paid partnerships. And um, I really love that um, workshop a lot. And um, it was kind of like, you know, something that I put together because of all like the demand and like, it was like kind of like a re like a broken record as far as like yeah. people asking me this question, mm-hmm. the same question over and over. Um, so yeah, like, um, obviously you can watch it, you can schedule when to watch it and, um, on your own time, or you can watch it instantly as well. You can find it on naomsmedia.com slash offer. So that's N-A-O-H-M-S-M-E-D-I-A.com slash offer. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. And we'll link it in the show notes too. And then Yay. do you want to tell everyone where they can find you as well on social? Of course. So um, my Instagram and TikTok is Naomes. That's N-A-O-H-M-S. That is where I spend a lot of my time. <laughs> um, so go follow me there. You can also follow me on YouTube if you want to, but it's like videos that <laughs> they're like makeup videos. So if you now wanted, I mean, if you wanted, videos, no. <laughs> yeah, if you really wanted to watch my makeup videos and see how cringy Naomi was in her twenties, like, yes, please feel free to <laughs> Just like where you started and now you're a six figure business owner. So like, yeah. Hey, we all got to start somewhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thank you so much. And then one last question before I let you go. It's a question that I ask everyone in my audience that comes or that joins me for the podcast. What is the most important lesson you've learned when it comes to entrepreneurship that you wish you had learned sooner? Um, take care of yourself. <laughs> That's a good one. So I think like, you know, um, especially for me, I'm like such a high performer and this is like something that, you know, I, I'm a hard worker, you know, my parents, like I learned this from my parents. It's, I guess it's, I don't know if it's like an immigrant thing or like a Filipino thing, but you know, at work, like, or in my nine to five, I'm, I was always like a hard worker. I wanted to be the best. Like Mm -hmm. I wanted to make sure that, you know, my job was secure and like make sure that, you know, I was doing my job right and all that stuff. And it kind of translated into, 
um, me being a business owner and like, yes, like I can, I'm very high performing. I can get really busy, but also at the same time, um, it can get really, it's a different kind of stress compared to like, you know, having a job because at a job you can maybe slack off a little bit or like do really (laughs) well, but you still get paid the same Mm -hmm. amount every, whatever, every month. Um, but with entrepreneurship, it's like with you having a business, like if you don't work, then you don't get paid. If you work a lot, then you get paid. Mm -hmm. And it's so important to take care of yourself and really prioritize your well-being like holistically physically mentally emotionally and make sure that those are um taken care of you have a good support system because Mm -hmm. when when shit hits the fan like you really rely on those things and you rely back on those things and i think that's super important and i like for me like routine um helps a lot and part of that is self-care and making sure that you're fueled. And I, mm. I think that's like the best way that I could put it is like you can't yeah. pour from an empty cup. And if you're mm-hmm. not fueled yourself and you're not getting the 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 right nutrients, then you can't pour into other people. Like, you know, yeah. that means like listening to like um, positive, you know, positive mental attitude like podcasts and like reading books or like going on a walk, getting vitamin D and like spending time with your friends. Like you, you created this business to create a lifestyle that you want. And so, you know, actually enjoy it and actually be in the moment. So, right. Yeah. I know those, um, you've probably heard that quote where they say, you know, you worked nine to five, whatever, 40 hours a week in your full-time job. And then you become an influencer or a business owner and you're working Mm -hmm. like a, 10,000 hours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I know there's always this, so important. there's always this like notion that, you know, oh, now like when I get out of my nine to five, I have all this time in the world to actually do more, like create yeah. more content, all that <laughs> stuff. When honestly it's, it's, that's, that's really false. <laughs> yeah. So, so if anything, busy. like you have to figure out how to work smart. Mm-hmm. So. And that's why you have to actually love what you do and be passionate about mm-hmm. it. Because if you weren't, you would not want to stick with this stuff. Yeah. It's going to feel just like another job, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Of course. Thanks for tuning in to the First Hustle Then Brunch podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or learned something new, I'd love if you subscribed and left us a review. Another way to support the podcast is to take a screenshot of this episode and share it on your Instagram story. Tag me at First Hustle Then Brunch so I can repost it. Thank you so much for supporting the show and I'll see you in the next episode.